Uh, hey guys, welcome to Biomast 94. Uh, we're finally back again. I am much healthier than last time, so hopefully we can get through this without any coughing fits and and uh, have a good show. We've got a couple uh, new faces here. We've got a couple old faces. It's going to be an interesting show. Kind of free-flowing. There's not a whole lot going on, so we'll kind of be bouncing around a bit. But uh, kind of like a, like a cap, we're going to do um, some Fallout stuff, uh, some new games coming out, some new uh, potential VR tech, uh, killer robots, and I believe some dust events and general commentary on the state of events around that game. So we're going to start this off with some introductions. We'll start at the top with Zell. Um, I am Zell. There's not much more to him than that. So, uh, uh, Bait? Hey, everybody, what's up? My name is Awa Bait. I'm a writer for the Biomast blog and a member of Dirt and Glitter in EVE. Wait, wait, what's what's the name of the corporation? Uh, Dirt and Glitter. Or the corporation is uh, TARD. I forgot what it stands for. Uh, the Alliance is like... Yeah, it's Dirt and Glitter Alliance. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, I, I thought you said derp and glitter, and it was no. slightly more exciting. But but dirt and no, derp and glitter. Okay. Awesome. All right, uh, Bam Havoc. Yes, hello. Name's Bam. Love beer. Love bacon. Love the bobbies. The whole package, really. Uh, have a small little shitty YouTube channel, and I do a weekly vlog on that as well. So yeah, yeah. Happy days. Live the dream. Beer and bacon. Fantastic. And uh, a new face here on Biomass. Go ahead, Jade. Hi guys, my name is Jade Gamester, um, director of Vengeance Unbound, and Heavy Maniac. Awesome, and yeah, so Jade, glad to have Jade in the show for the first time. He contacted us, uh, just kind of had an interest in hopping on, longtime fan, so we're, we're glad to have him. And for everyone else who enjoys the show and wants to come on, we're more than, more than willing to have you on here and have you share your thoughts, so uh, give us a ring if you're interested. Uh, and I'm Pokey Draven uh, from OSG Planetary Operations. I co-host on the blog here. Uh, sorry, co-host on the podcast. I write for the blog and do various community fun picture stuff. So with that said, we'll move forward with uh, the show. So uh, we kind of talked about this a bit last week, and um, it kind of scared Bait, and then further details came out, and Bait is even more terrified, but it looks like the details for the Fallout 4 survival mode, which they are modifying. Uh, big fan of Fallout. Love the hardcore stuff. So, yeah, they're changing survival mode kind of along with a bunch of other changes with uh, with the game, especially the DLC coming out. And uh, some of it's pretty, pretty cool. Um... For those of you who are a fan of Fallout uh, New Vegas' hardcore mode, it's kind of got some elements in that. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, there's, they're adding some stuff like um, there's no fast travel, for example. There's, uh, you have to eat and drink water on a regular basis. If you eat and drink unclean food and water, you can contract diseases. Uh, what was the other one, Bait? That you have to sleep, and sleeping yeah. is the only way to save. Yep. And depending on where you sleep, you get different benefits. So you sleep in a sleeping bag, it'll save your game, but it doesn't really do much for you. But if you, you know, go to one of your settlements and and uh, sleep in a proper bed, you get a better benefit out of it. Uh, you can contract diseases from being bitten by diseased animals like uh, bugs and uh, ghouls and stuff. Uh, Enemies no longer appear in your compass. Yeah, uh, no nor radar. do distant locations. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean they're there, but it's uh, it's been shortened. Um, uh, you get the adrenaline perk. 
right, which right. Uh, provides a bonus to damage output. But only if you keep killing things. If you yes. don't turn into a you know ravaging berserker, you actually start losing adrenaline. And then there's like a little a fatigue uh, system where it's kind of like radiation poisoning, which lowers your max HP, but in fatigue it lowers your max AP. So <laughs> I imagine it's kind of going to become a balancing act of you have to keep killing stuff, but don't do it too much because you won't be able to actually you know do anything. So it, it's going to be awesome. I know Bates not really a fan as he's Man, terrified, but <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not good at <laughs> stuff like that and something this. Um... Um, I what's the word I'm looking for? Um, shit, it's on the tip of my tongue. Vast. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vast, I, I guess works. Um, it it, it just I, I it doesn't do it for me. I can I can really see why people um would like it though. Um, it's it, it's certainly going to add a um an interesting twist on um uh, on how people play the game. I think it'll be really interesting to go into Twitch and see. Uh, how uh, everybody plays the plays the game, but yeah, no, fuck that. I don't, like, I don't, I do not like my ammo being weighted. That that can no. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. If, if you're if you're overburdened, you can actually you take continual damage to your leg and back, your legs and your back. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. I, I I can just imagine you're walking along and your legs just randomly shatter yes. because you're carrying too much stuff. <laughs> Yeah, as somebody who's overcumbered uh, very often, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll pass on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, for me, when you get to a point in these kinds of games, especially where there's no level cap and you kind of turn into god mode, it's always nice to add additional elements uh, to the gameplay besides just, you know, stronger enemies to kind of change things up and make you really think about, you know, how you play the game. And I think certainly survival mode in Fallout 4 is going to, you know, really make it interesting rather than, because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Fallout 4 was very much less hardcore than the other games. And I think this definitely takes it back into the direction of the fans that like it that way. So, and the nice part is you can always try it out. You can change the difficulty at any point in the game. So if you want to flip it on and you decide you don't like it, you can go right back to, to being a Care Bear, that's that's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> uh, like you know, I know it is, but yeah. So I, I think I think that's that's going to be a real cool addition. Another thing is they're adding mod support for consoles, which I think is going to be really freaking cool. Yeah, something that, you don't really see in in consoles. That's going to be really interesting. As somebody who plays uh, my Fallout on a on, on a uh, console, I will be very curious to see how that um, how that works. Yeah, I play it on PS4 as well, and it's apparently it's going to be like a set of tools that allows people to actually make mods, I imagine, through the console itself, and then oh. distribute via... Yeah, so I, I don't know how it's going to work, but yeah. it, it's certainly going to be interesting. I think there's there's some small things I like to tweak, you know, mm-hmm. personally, mostly aesthetic stuff, because, you know, running around in a, in a bunch of, you know, badass armor and then a Fendora, because it just happens to be the best piece of headgear you can get in the game, it, it looks a little strange to me, so it'll be <laughs> nice to be able to customize my experience like that. And right, I guess uh, that... Just go... Yeah, it, sorry. Um, go ahead. Yeah, um, going back to the uh, what you were saying earlier, is it do you have to pay for the new survival add-ons or um, is that, nope. they no, nope. that's oh, free. Okay. Doesn't come in the um, season pass. 
Nope. The oh. survival changes is free. The mods are going to be free. Um, the only thing that you're currently going to pay for are the three DLCs, which is the, the robot invasion, the uh, kind of whatever that battle thing is where you can capture uh, monsters, and then the uh, the story expansion. Those are the paid ones, but everything else is free. So they're actually providing these free updates for, for the gameplay, which is really solid. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. Makes me wonder if the mod-making tool is going to have some kind of small fee just to get the software. Um, from everything, <clears throat> excuse me, from everything I've seen, it's actually they've explicitly said it's not going to cost you anything. It's going to be free for for all oh, players. Badass. Yeah. Well, I think it's to their best interest though, because you know, as soon as you introduce mods, it kind of adds another level of dynamic to the game, which ultimately means it's going to have better longevity and keeps people engaged. Because hey, I can try these new mods, and then when expansions come out, people are far more likely to buy them if uh, they're actively playing the game rather than mm-hmm. trying to pull them back, which you know other games do, but it doesn't work to as great of an extent. So I, I think it, they're playing it pretty smart in this regard and, and keeping those updates for free because it is going to help the game particularly in longevity to you know mix things up a bit Mm -hmm. yeah um going back to mod support real quick uh bethesda uh, has said that it will be providing official mod support uh for the pc in the uh in april so some people are speculating that survival mode may come out then um get your get your survival mode and your mods for that or whatever in the same time we'll see though yeah, I was hearing that they're kind of shooting for somewhere between the first and second DLC, so April sounds about right. Okay. So I, I think it's it's going to be good stuff. Uh, we also have someone that just joined a few minutes ago. Jack, do you want to introduce yourself? He says, hold on. Okay, never mind. Mike is off. <laughs> um, Bait, you said that uh, there's some new Pokemon games coming out. I, um, I don't really follow those. but Yeah, hold on. Let me pull up the article. Um, in the fall, I think, they're talking about two... It's a Pokemon Moon and Moon Sun and, like, or Sun or some shit like that, yeah. Jesus. Hold on. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of that back when I was in, like elementary school and uh, you know you kind of fall out of going through high school and then when i got to college people were like oh my god pokemon and I, I i never got into it but i've always kind of watched in amusement then how this series is still going like, yeah they, it, it, it's going strong too like somehow they're just cranking these things out and it, it's definitely maintaining its popularity yeah it's i a think lot like the... cod to be fair say that again that I think it's gone down the path of like Call of Duty, where they like repeating the same thing but better graphics, etc. That's what yeah. I found yeah. anyway with the new, the new. I tried out. I think it was um, going back a few years. Was on the Nintendo DS. It was. Um, I think it was Black Pokemon Black or something. Mm-hmm. I tried it and literally, <laughs> it was like pretty much different Pokemon, but basically everything like the old ones. Just going through it, going to the league, fighting the league, everything. Basically the same. Well, I mean, there's like so many ways you can really spin it. I mean, the, yeah, the core gameplay is... You, you couldn't change it significantly without it being a different game entirely. I just laugh at the different attempts they make at you know, introducing more Pokemon, and it's like, you know, an ice cream cone. It's, it's, you know, I'm like, they're, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. I'm impressed they're still able to come up with ideas for these, these random things. I mean the um yeah the last Pokemon I played was like Pokemon Ruby when I was fuck how old was I, I don't know, maybe twelve and it's just like oh okay I played that game once and that's that's it 
don't really see the appeal of playing, you know, every fucking game that comes out every year or two years or whatever. But that's yeah. the thing, man. Yeah, I think I played yellow and maybe like a little bit of gold and that was it. You know, I, I wasn't really a huge rabid fan, but, you know, like I said, yeah. I kind of fell out of it and never got back into it. I will say, though, apparently the some of the more recent ones have taken this weird, like, 3D, um, uh, not art style, but um, graphics uh, thing going on. It's like an isometric thing, right? Yeah. Like, uh, Diablo yeah, almost. Go. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of just what's going to come with the time. I mean, they can't mm. keep with 2D you can't sprites keep with 2D. forever. No, yeah. you can't. Um, but, you know, I, I think they've done fairly well in, in at least updating the graphics. But, yeah, the gameplay, core gameplay looks like it's basically the same thing. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if it works, I mean, shit. I mean, if Call of Duty can keep pumping out basically the same crap every year, then Pokemon <laughs> can do it, too. <laughs> All right, Jadik, are you ready with your mic? Hey, Pokey, am I coming in? Yeah, you are. All right, hey, I'm Jadik Menaheim. Neckbeard Nixon on Twitter, and uh, just going to hang out with you guys a little bit tonight. Yeah, I didn't want to put you on the spot there. I wasn't didn't realize you weren't ready to go, but uh... Uh, I just wanted to listen in. But uh, it came to mind that uh, the uh, HTC Vive pre-orders are starting uh, tomorrow, 10 a.m. And that's going to be uh, kind of a kickoff of a real big competition between them and Oculus. Kind of. That's going to be really interesting, and it's 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 interesting how Oculus, you know, saved their price hike until you know the day of pre-order, where HTC definitely came out ahead of time and said, "Hey, it's going to be eight hundred bucks," which is still absurd in my mind. But it is interesting to see the reaction has been largely different from from what I've seen. That you know, the when Oculus came out and said, "Hey, by the way, it's going to be six hundred instead of the you know four hundred you were expecting," there was pretty much outrage in, in a lot of fronts, but I've actually heard mostly people praising the price point for the HTC. They seem to be much more okay with it, which is, well, I know HTC is of a higher grade quality. Like it, it's definitely a superior product compared to Oculus. It, it doesn't seem like it's two hundred dollars better, you know. Mm-hmm. As yeah, you say, I mean, what makes it different than Oculus? Well, the uh, the Vive is going to be shipping with uh, two um, move controllers and. Uh, uh, Two room mounted sensors as well as the headset. Oh, so it's it's definitely a more complete package right out of the box. Yeah, I wouldn't mind spending. If I mean, if I had a PC and um, money for it, I could I could see paying eight hundred dollars if it comes with all the head because Oculus just comes with the headset, right? Correct. Uh, it comes with the headset. Um, you get that a little controller that and you get, uh, you get an Xbox controller with that's the right. right. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> wow. Well, it was an Xbox One controller, but still, like... Oh, I was going to say, is it a 360 <laughs> controller? <laughs> Good lord. Well, I mean, you also have the advantage of the fact that HTC was cooperating with Valve in the development of the Vive. So, I mean, you've got games on Steam already that are good to go, you know, immediate support for the, for the, uh, the HTC headset. So, you know, I, I think, like... Um, Super Hot, a game that just came out, is already VR support, and I think it might even actually have support for the the hand controllers that are coming included with the system. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that in VR. I picked it up, um, the beta backer version, and got my hands on the uh, the recent release one. And that was a lot of fun. Super Hot. Super <laughs> Hot. I actually played the old um, 
web-based version. I was like, oh, holy yeah, shit, prototype. this is cool. Yeah. For, for those of you who aren't familiar, Super Hot is a very uh, unique gameplay experience, and that's like a first-person, very minimalistic art style. Um, and basically, the the basic goal is you need to kill everyone in the room, but time only moves when you do. So if you don't move and you don't rotate your camera at all, like if someone's shooting a bullet bullet at you, the bullet will stop in midair. And so you can kind of slowly figure out where things are going to be and plan your moves very deliberately and then move to dodge bullets and, you know, move around the room. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff you can do. Like, you know, you throw a gun up in the air and then you, you know, knock this one guy out. And then as the other one comes around the corner, you can, you know, grab the gun and shoot him through the wall. I mean, it's, it's a really you had to look at the gameplay to kind of understand it entirely, but you know it's been a, a product long time in the making, and I think their their Kickstarter went extremely well, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's definitely something you should look at. Um, I've heard that the gameplay is a little bit short. The campaign's pretty quick. The they're saying it's like two to three hours max, pretty much. Um, and for a twenty five dollar game that that comes out is, is a little bit short in my mind so you know it, I'm, I'm not sure if i'll pick up the the game but i think having vr support particularly with you know the hand controllers that'd be a really cool experience i think that's a a good platform to try stuff out on so in that regard you know i think the vive has a, a good standing in that it has games already ready to go that would actually facilitate that very well whereas you know oculus obviously had like games like valkyrie and whatnot but <laughs> excuse me, uh, like Valkyrie, but when you aren't necessarily paired with like a specific development platform like Valve, you don't have as much, you know, uh, buying power in terms of what you can release your game with. So I think that in that regard, uh, the Vive definitely has a, a one-up on, on Oculus. So it's going to be interesting to see how that war plays out, um, especially with, uh, I think, the PlayStation 1, which is obviously a console-only platform, is coming out later this year. It's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out between the three competitors. And of course, the the real decision on on who who wins this platform war is going to be um, which which one is most readily embraced by adult film. So you know, let's <laughs> that, be honest. The game selection already, doesn't matter. There's already stuff out. Yes, I know these things, but yeah, there's there's already things that are available in prototype for for VR that's adult oriented. Pokia, I guess a follow-up to Super Hot is um, even though the campaign itself is particularly short, um, the endless modes and the challenges are pretty much where it's at. That can give you just endless re- uh, replayability. Is there like a procedural element to it that's um, not? Uh, I guess spawns are in a sense procedural. Um, they haven't introduced anything like a level editor yet, but I imagine they plan to. Um, all of their DLC plans are going to be released for uh, for free, so that's a plus. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, the uh, the endless modes where you can just keep killing enemies, um, wave after wave after wave. So it's 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 gaining a lot of traction with uh, Twitch streamers right now because it, it plays really well as a game that people want to tune in and watch for that. Yeah, I can see that. And particularly if the DLC is um, included for free, that, that certainly has quite a bit of value because you usually see season passes, in a sense, being sold separately. But in this case, you can see it as a inclusion in the base package. So that's that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have recruitment tools for players themselves. So you get, um, I think, at the end of it, after you complete the campaign, you get a code that you can send to friends so they can get a discount on it. 
Oh, really? That's pretty yeah. badass. So you you go around um, spamming message boards with saying that super hot, the most innovative shooter I've played in years. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and I think that, like you said, like level uh, generator or creator for players would be, especially with the art style, very easy to do. So I think that, mm-hmm. that I mean, player-generated content has kind of started to become the new norm and definitely expected now in a lot of games that, that would have that sort of you know capability. So I think that that's, again, kind of along the lines we were talking about in Fallout. If you can add, you know, player-generated content, it pretty much guarantees the game's longevity is going to go way up because it's going to keep things fresh, you know, both for people creating the content and those who play it. I mean, Little Big Planet, for example, is going strong for a very long time because of that. I mean, and that game's almost entirely player-created. Another thing that's kind of VR-related, and I know that Bait saw this as well, but it looks like Sony has filed uh, a... Uh, patent for what basically is a VR glove controller. Uh, did you read more into that, Bait? Uh, no, I'm holding on. I can pull it up again. It's it's basically Sony's power glove for those <laughs> of you who remember cool. the old Nintendo one. But it, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that that's what they're doing. But they're certainly poking at the idea of a of a hand based you know control system. And I can only imagine, particularly with their VR headset coming around the corner this year, that it's it's probably related if it is something they're actively developing. Uh, Sorry, how much is the um, VR going to be for the PlayStation? Um... It hasn't been released officially. There's been, of course, leaks, but those are of you know dubious validity. I, I've heard five hundred dollars, which is lower than the other two, um, which would put probably them in a good place in terms of affordability because uh, console players are usually less willing to to spend as much money on peripherals and, and software. So I think that that would be a good move on their part, particularly because they could probably corner the market on affordable VR. But I would expect. Four to five hundred dollars would probably be a reasonable estimate for what they're mm. going to do. Yeah, I can find. I'm looking at fucking euros or pounds or whatever these are right now. I'm trying to find USD. But yeah, the PlayStation VR it comes with um, the headset, a breakout box, and the uh, the camera and the other handheld peripherals you need. So I imagine it could add up quickly. But I mean, it's in Sony's best interest to keep it low. Oh, well, yeah. I guess we'll find out. The 15th of March, there's a, uh invite-only press event going on at 1 PT. So oh, for, for PlayStation VR for, Yeah, for, yep. Okay, well, that that would make sense, because I would expect the, the headset to come out. I mean, it's, I think it's it's been guaranteed this year, but I expect it's probably like quarter yeah, three 20, is what I would yeah, expect. Yeah, 2016. That's probably all PlayStation is going to do it. Um, or the big thing that they'll do at E3, I would think, is a bunch yeah. of VR stuff. Well, and they're they're probably shooting for the the Christmas market as Ooh, well, yeah. especially for the nature of of what it is. You know, this is consoles tend to have a younger younger crowd, so you you could see that them pushing for, you know, buy your kids a VR experience. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think I said it's going to be interesting to see where Sony takes uh, their system uh, because it it is a very interesting market, particularly with the the price point of a lot of the stuff going uh, quite a bit higher than initially expected with the the Oculus and the HTC. Now you said the breakout box, Jadik, for the the PSVR. Is that like a secondary processor? I remember reading something about this for for the system. 
Yeah, it's uh, something I believe in order to help upscale it to um, uh, 90 frames or 120 frames per second. So you have a, a more um, latency-free image as you're moving your head. And I think it also helps for um, uh, splitting the image. So you could split what the person's seeing under the goggles onto the TV. So you can have people that uh, are still involved in the experience of the VR for the player just seeing what they see on the TV. Well, that would make sense. I mean, I know the VR requires a quite a bit higher frame rate to avoid the motion sickness. I think they shoot for 90 frames a second, which is much higher than most console games you see these days. So I can understand they're going to have to add something to help bump it up, particularly since you're rendering two separate images instead of just one with uh, the goggles, obviously. But I think they all kind of realize at this point that, you know, manual controls for the hands are actually a really big deal because, I mean, sure you can do uh, kind of a Valkyrie setup where you've got the the normal controller and then the VR is kind of a, a tacked on top of that. And it, it works quite well, but I think that you're really going to get the, the big interest with, you know, actual tactical controls and you actually have, you can move your hands around. It's it's tracking in real time. That's really what's going to give you the immersion. And I think that's what's going to be the big selling point. And they, I think they're quickly realizing that as they start to dabble in it, that there's a lot you can do when you've got motion tracked hand um, controllers. And we're not talking like uh, PlayStation move sort of deals. Like we're talking like you know, really high end ultra precise stuff. It, it's, it's really cool. And I think that they could do a lot with it. You're going to say something, Bate? Oh, I was just looking at. I was just going to make a quick comment about the list of games about how it looks kind of interesting. For which one? The the PSVR. For the PSVR, yeah. Um, Valkyrie, of course. Final Fantasy fourteen. Really? Uh, yes, what it says, yeah. Realm Reborn, yeah. They're going to be doing yeah. that, I think. Yeah, that's interesting because that game's usually usually played in third person. Gran Turismo. That'll make somebody sick. <laughs> That'd be pretty badass, though. Yeah. Like, that's a good game for, for VR, because you're seated. Project Cars as well. Um... <laughs> Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely, yes. Uh, the question is, will you, be in, will you be in VR as the surgeon, or the person being operated oh, on? Oh, no. It's like Outlast. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh man. Outlast would be absolutely terrifying in VR. Holy shit. And fuck any horror game in VR, man. <laughs> oh, but that's what's going to make it good. Like, um, yeah. Like, Slender the Arrival is one of my favorite horror games on PC, and that shit would be terrifying. You're going to have those reaction videos on YouTube. <laughs> it's even funnier when they're just, like, hanging with their mouth up when they freak out. <laughs> you can't see their eyes, though. I want to be able to see their fucking eyes. Just for that purpose, someone will make a VR headset with like a <laughs> camera inside the thing so you can record your eyes. <laughs> well, that's actually yeah. an interesting thing that I saw um, mentioned when I was poking around the internet today. That I guess uh, the division, you know, the Tom Clancy's division coming out, um, the game natively supports eye tracking to help uh, with. Because I guess you can buy systems. I haven't, I haven't researched it, but you can buy systems that will track where your eyes are looking on the screen. And uh, I guess it has functionality where it can use that to highlight, you know, targets. So if you look at, like, an enemy on the screen, it'll actually highlight the enemy. And this is built in natively into the game. So obviously there must be enough of a demand for it. So I'm kind of curious, you know, next-gen VR, if you're going to have cameras inside the headsets tracking eye movement within the headsets. It's not just doing where your head is pointing, but where your eyes are pointing as well. I kind of want Fallout to do that. That seems really cool. 
Yeah, well, Fallout would be a good VR game as well. I'm sure oh, that would probably have... Oh, uh, fuck, yeah. Fallout, Skyrim, whatever the next Elder Scrolls is. Any, you know, of those Bethesda adventure games would do extremely fuck, well in VR. yeah. It'd be really, really good. I remember seeing uh, tech demos for the Omni, which is that... Uh, it's the thing you stand in, and then you can walk, and it it, it, it tracks where you're moving, and then they put oh, a, yeah, the VR yeah, headset yeah. on, and they had this guy who's going for his morning jog through, you know, White Run and Skyrim in VR, <laughs> which is you know pretty badass. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. Now that'll be interesting to see, you know, price point because obviously, you know, a full uh, Omni setup in your house is going to be very expensive. But you know, again, kind of that that level of immersion is is definitely something that's well suited for certain games like that I, yeah that would be really cool i would buy the shit out of that yeah no, I, I think that there's there's lots of potential moving out with vr so yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to see where things are going particularly this year is going to be uh, a real hot topic uh, so we'll see where sony goes uh, goes with it and, and that'll probably kind of set the stage for a lot of stuff oh that's what this omni thing is i yeah. saw a picture like this for something and the little dude on the thing was holding some kind of gun in conjunction with the um with with, with the little walking area and i had no idea mm-hmm. what it was yep Interesting. You know, they, uh, they've actually uh, at some uh, convention they had a, a game of like i think battlefield where they had people like eight of these things set up and it was like a 4v4 match of them running around and your character doesn't move until you actually run that direction so they had their little huh. motion control guns with the vr headset and the omni and you know, it's the game's a bit harder to play when you actually have to sprint across the map, like for real. So <laughs> it was pretty fun to watch, but oh it's, my it's cool stuff. God. So it's like six it's seven hundred dollars for this according oh, yeah. to the Omni website. What? Yeah, it it's pricey. I mean it's up there with the headsets. So I mean if you so want to full setup you're looking at, you know, thousands of dollars, not including the PC, needed to run the whole thing. Well yeah, but like Oh, yeah, Oculus Rift Game Controller and PC. <laughs> PC's not included. Yep. That's cool, though. It's yep. 600 bucks, and you get, um, you get uh, f- shoes, some tracking pods, a harness, and a little gaming platform. Yeah, so you can spend cool. $3,000 to play a $20 game on Steam. <laughs> Talk about yes. the Wild West of product development. Right? Like, peripherals are, are big again. Yeah. You kind of need a cool. It, fuck. Yeah, in the interim, it, it would be helpful if um, uh, PC bongs started to take off and like major city centers where people could go to these places and try out the stuff before like buying it for themselves. That would and, be yeah, that'd be interesting. That's what you're going to see. I think is you'll set ups where you can go and, and run on an Omni, and it, it's that's the only way that they're going to get the funding they really need to start production on a cheaper scale for for home use. I don't think. Most people are going to buy a, a six hundred dollar, you know, Omni treadmill basically to to play games on top of because you, you basically have to have the VR to make it work because you you know you can't do it with just a TV. So, I mean, it, it's a huge investment for something like this. It's basically a peripheral for a peripheral, and you know that that's not going to take off for a long time until the price point drops down to something more reasonable. See, I see it being more of um like in gaming arcades in the future, honestly. I see that type of aspect. Yeah, people investing in it like that, like GameWorks and stuff. For those of you who've been to one of those, I, I could see that actually working pretty well because they they tend to have, uh, 
sort of gaming experiences you can't normally have, like, you know, motion tracking and big two-story balloon fighting simulators and stuff like that. And that's that's definitely a, a good venue for that. So, you know, we'll see where it goes. I think it's going to be interesting um, products being developed for home use, but, you know, how they actually get there will be an interesting path. So I think we'll move on from the VR. We've been on it for a while. Um, we have a couple people on here that we have not talked to since... Uh, the big announcement for Dust. So um, I'll probably hand this over to, to Zell because he kind of wanted to lead it off. But uh, I didn't have any leading. I just oh, you're, you're going to do on. it. Man. You, yeah. You're the host. You're hosting. Uh, okay, Zell's the host who doesn't actually ever host. Do you Anyways. want me to host? No, do you that's, really want uh, me to host. Uh, it would probably turn yes. into some weird chinchilla thing. I, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, since since we do have Jade and and Bam here, I kind of want to get your guys' just general thoughts on um, obviously the the announcement from from CCP about the shutdown of Dust Five One Four on on May thirtieth, and just kind of get your thoughts and feelings and and how you feel about the announcement of the new game and whatnot. So I'll, I'll kind of open the floor for that one. Um, Bam, do you want to go first, or should I? Yeah, go ahead, man. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, I mean, it's this a bit weird one. I wasn't one of the like beta vets. I probably started playing about a month or two before FanFest, um, FanFest 14, when they decided to, uh, well, the first time they decided to cancel the game in a way. Um, I don't know. I, I played it a lot more, and I've invested, like, well, I mean, I think... I've worked it out myself when they announced the game was going to end. I think I've spent probably pushing over $2,000 in this game. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a stupid amount of money in a video game. But, um, yeah, when they announced it, I mean, I was annoyed at first when they announced that they were going to cancel the game. But I've come to grips with it to know that, well, I still play the game. I mean, literally about an hour ago, I was playing the game still. And... I feel where the game's at right now and where it's been at for the past few months. I mean, it's going nowhere. Like, that's a fact. The, the only way it's been going is going slowly downhill. And I think the only way really for it is to be ported. So I'm happy for a port. But I'm not a PC gamer. I never have been a PC gamer. Always been on the consoles. So, yeah, and I have a PS4 right now. Um, so the idea of it moving to PC is annoying, but I definitely consider buying a, P a PC, but as many people say, not to purchase, like, um, a game, just one game for, um, PC, in a sense, buying a whole game in PC just for the one Dust game, especially with CCP's rep, but I don't know, I think I'm gonna, I'm waiting at the moment with Valkyrie, see how Valkyrie goes. If Valkyrie gives me that kind of confidence in, like, in the CCP developers again, if they if they can bring that confidence back and get more concrete evidence, like concrete grips with uh, this new dust that they've got planned out, I don't know. I think it's a good idea. I think if if they can say to me that, well, on the forums and everything that they can introduce it, they can do dust 2.0, whatever they're gonna call it and do it a lot better, like, on the PC than they could on the consoles. And I mean, that's exactly what most people wanted on the game. Like, I know everybody I've spoken to, they've all said, we want 
we're sticking around because we want this game to go here and the potential of this game and that's all I've said. All I've said is oh the potential is for this game is amazing, it's insane. But it never happened. So if they say to me in two or three years time we're gonna release a game with everything you've wanted, then I'm happy in a way. Yeah, no that's fair. I think that um the important thing to remember is that it's it's most definitely not a port of the game. They're starting completely new, and you know, from everything I've gathered, they're very much not afraid of just saying we're kind of burning everything and starting over. And we'll we'll pull ideas from you know from dust and obviously take the inspiration of the things that worked well. Uh, but they're they're not letting themselves be constrained by. Uh, you know, previous systems that, you know, people took for granted, but, you know, maybe didn't necessarily make sense or perhaps hindered the expansion of the game. I mean, there's a lot of things that existed or do exist in DOS that, you know, they definitely caused issues later in the line. They they definitely have no no qualms about abandoning those sort of things and, and making sure that the, the product that they're going to deliver is going to be much better than some of the poor choices they made early on in the development of, of DOS 5.14. On in terms of a PC, you know, I, I think something that a lot of people, you know, seem to forget is that there's a lot of stuff you can do with a PC that's besides just play one game. And I'm not encouraging people to run out and buy a PC right now, especially if on the promise of a game that they may or may not like or, or want to play. Uh, but you know, I think it definitely is a good investment. And there's a lot of things that can be done in a PC. Um, that are you know better than a console and in many cases the games for pcs can be a lot cheaper i'm not going to go on a pc master race here because I, I certainly play both but you know there, there are advantages to to playing on a pc compared to a console and i, I think there's advantages the other way around too that consoles is a bit more superior so I, I think it's something you should definitely take a look at um as things kind of develop and progress and there's definitely a lot of people out there on the forums uh, who can offer a lot of really good advice about you know how much it's going to cost and what are the benefits and whatnot of, of owning a PC and if you do want to make one how much is it going to cost you and how to make it and you know there's, there's really good tools out there so I think that people are actually taking it in, in really great stride and in offering up a lot of help that's you know quite good because it can be very daunting kind of approaching the whole gaming PC because it is not you know as simple as going out and buying a PS4 which is what a lot of console players are used to. I like throughout this whole process how annoyed everybody is uh, that the game is shutting down. You know, everybody I talk to, they're like, uh, what was your first reaction? Oh, I don't know, but I'm kind of annoyed. But, you know, it's it's been fun. I, just something interesting I've noticed. <laughs> well, I, I think that, I mean, for one, we knew this was definitely on their mind and kind of the plan since, you know, FanFest of two years ago. And the game has been limping along. Like Like Jade said, you can tell that they were doing their best to improve the game, but it was definitely stuck. Like most of the stuff they added as new features was pretty much just kind of icing on on a really poorly made cake. You know, you can make oh, it look yeah. good on the outside, but it's still, you know, it was still kind of a crappy cake. Um <laughs> And they weren't going to be able to expand much beyond what they had. I mean, we were never going to get new weapons or maps or anything like no. that. I mean, the, the fact that we got that one new map was pretty much a fluke that they were able to kind of, you know, make it work, but it was already done, you know? So, I mean, that was nice, but the game was dead. I mean, it, it it's limping along, and it's great to see people trying to make the best of it at the end here, but 
you know, it, it wasn't going to go anywhere. And everyone understands that it was going to... Okay, not everyone. Most people understand that it was going to die a horrible death in the PS3 and that it's better to try to kind of resurrect it elsewhere. I know there's some people that are still calling to keep it on the PS3. Those people are insane. I'm sorry for those of you listening, but come on. Uh, like, who really? the fuck is asking? I, I mean... <laughs> yeah. it's, it's strange. I mean, when I... God... With the new content they've added, I mean, don't get me wrong, some of the new content that they've gone on about and mentioned, I thought, ah, it's brilliant. The idea of um, the war barge, I mean, the potential when they were talking about bringing this war barge, I thought the potential of all the stuff they could bring with it was going to be insane. But when it came to reality, it just turned into more of a spend all this aurum, get more damage, become a better slayer in PCs, etc., claim all your officer gear and stuff like that and then later on they introduced um the change to the the jump mods uh, the melee mods they changed them to jump mods as well and that did it for me i I think i took a nine month break after that literally the first game i went into and i saw mimitar assaults jumping around with mass drivers and all over the place and i was just like yeah as a heavy, like, I mean, my favorite weapon is um, a six-skin burst. And to be running around the place and trying to hit people, and then as soon as you go to hit them, they just jump and take off into the sky, and then they just mass drive you to death. I mean, it, like, completely took the joy out of the game for me. So, I mean, I took, and I still hate it today. I mean, I'll go into games now, and I'll be in a match, and people just jumping around. And then that's kind of where I realized that whatever ccp did to change the game where they changed certain aspects where they buffed one weapon or they nerfed one weapon or they changed this about one suit and there was just no balance to it every single time they tried to give a change or it just the community that's what it boils down to you can do as many changes as you like i feel like the community will always find a way to break it um like you can introduce jump mods i thought jump mods was a brilliant idea for the heavies especially especially there's the map the rings map is a fine example um they used to have a spawning system we used to spawn on this like uh type of square container area by where the ciu normally oh is. yeah yeah, and if you were armor stacked, I used to freaking lose my temper on an ambush. I'd spawn and I'd be stuck there. And I, everybody would be, like, you'd have like three or four heavies on top there just trying to jump over this tiny little freaking step. And you're thinking to yourself, like, I have this heavy machine gun in my hands. I am an armored stacked heavy that's in a space game. <laughs> I can't climb over this tiny little gap. And we'd all die, and it would, like, you'd go, you'd look, no uplinks anywhere. So you'd try and smart deploy again, boom, straight back in the same spot. And jump mods, for me, I thought, oh, great, jump mods, you know. To climb over something like that, brilliant. But in reality, we shouldn't be having a module to help us climb over a little step. Those are things that we should be able to. I mean, I don't expect heavies to climb over banisters and stuff and jump over them, but simple things mechanics in a game like climbing over stuff like that should be a given um modules i think i i listened to one of the old cast podcasts with uh, jarek going on about equipment turning jump mods into equipment uh i thought that was a brilliant idea i think that in itself would 
and I think in a way also damage mods. I'd love to see damage mods become a um <clears throat> was it um an equipment type thing instead or an activated mechanic like uh, a cloak because um <clears throat> the way I see it at the moment it's well especially with the buff that the Galente Assault got. Um Galente Assaults I see now will part and it used to be the same with the Amar Assault, you'd stack armor. Preferably me, I stack reactive plates. And then you have enough room to stack free damage mods if you wish. Put your assault rifle on, put a core grenade, a compact hive, um, breach SMG if you want it. And then <clears throat> just go around the place with free damage mods. Your war barge, your max out proficiency. And at the moment, you don't see many veterans playing the game anymore. So you just see a lot of new players, which is just instant kill. You can go into a game rack up 45 kills or something in two deaths or something like that because of how unbalanced it is even though a lot of people think the game's balanced it is like far from it like and that, that's where i feel that if there is to be a change with the game to make it to port it like the game has to be in a sense completely like looked at all over again so roles are corrected in a way I've got a feeling that um, with the move to PC, they're going to move to like a capacitor-based system for drop suits. So if like you jump, you like bleed out a bunch of your uh, your caps, so you can't use other modules for like a certain period. Of time. Oh, dude, that's going to make that's going to open up the door for so many um, like additions to Logi class. You could totally turn in the Logi class mm -hmm, into like an energy transfer. Yeah, um, or either that or a, a fucking newt. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's going to be so fun. CCP, please, if you're listening, <laughs> I want that. Well, I, I know the game like Crisis has a system like that, right? Where you've got like abilities baked into the suit, and then using the abilities drains your capacitor, basically. And then, yes. So you, you can use it as much as you want until you run out of power to run the damn thing. And I think that, like you said, does, it certainly opens up a lot of... Uh, possibilities in terms of you know ways you can add, add roles i mean that's a lot of, that's like for example you said the logies you certainly felt things kind of falling flat because there wasn't much more to do besides what we already have but i think something like that would definitely open up new roles particularly since you know you have uh you know you have like uh like an eve style sort of thing where you have capacitor and the roles associated with it yeah and you could bind the uh the activation to uh like your your F1 or mm -hmm. number of keys, like whereas with a, a controller, it would be bloody difficult to like activate those, like pressing mm -hmm. down your R2 in the middle of battle. Yeah. Right. yeah. Go ahead, uh, uh, Bam. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've been trying to nudge my way into the conversation now for you got forced your way in, man. Yeah. No, up. no, dude. Politeness, politeness. Got to be polite. Uh, look, Throw you. <laughs> Jake hit a few points there, you know, the, the opinion about dust going down, blah, 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 a lot of people are very pissed off about it, but my reaction to that is, come on guys, you all freaking knew this would happen, you knew this for two years now, I don't know why people are getting all their panties in a bunch, I just wish they had killed the game when they announced it, you know, a month after they announced it, ended, done, instead of draining a thousand pounds from Jade over two years. A thousand freaking quid. You should have bought a PC, dude. Seriously. <laughs> that PC would have been able to run E-Valkyrie on PC yeah. and afford a freaking headset. Good God, mate. Thousand quid. You fucking nuts, mate. <laughs> anyway, besides that, 
there's no point and just just going on to the conversation now there's no point about talking about mods and and balancing and whatever have you the game's done move on seriously i, I hate being this brutal about it but the game is dead long live dust get all that jazz let's just hope it gets ported to the pc which it most likely is dust two point fucking two and a half whatever and there will be a PS4 version of it because I'm only drawing this from the Valkyrie side of things because the Valkyrie's going VR. PS4's got VR Valkyrie. I don't see why they can't do an FPS sort of thing with PS4 and whatever have you for Dust 2.0. So, yeah, yeah, that's basically it. Dust is dead. Long live Dust. Get over it. It's done. You're not going to make a company change its mind. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's basically it, really. Sorry. No, you're fine, man. No, I think that it would be really awesome if they could eventually make a PS4 port of whatever the new game is. But uh, in terms of you know active development, I think definitely a PC platform initially is going to let them have a hell of a lot more flexibility. The nice part is that it will be Unreal 4, which is obviously uh, works on, on uh, PS4, and they don't have to modify the shit out of it like they did with Dust. Like All that shit's built into Unreal 4, so it's not going to be this duct tape piece of Minimatar crap trying to run, you know, <laughs> Well, well I, 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 I agree. I've been saying this for best part of two years, and I've been hammered by a certain Sarazel talk saying I was complete bullshit. They will port Dust to PC. They will make a PS4 version. Booker and I, when we, when we were doing our Dust 514 bits and pieces, predicted this years ago. They're going to kill it, and they're going to port it. And then after the port, they'll bring it to the PS4. This is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do and what the new game is. I know that you, Pokey, have put out two videos at least about uh, E Phoenix or whatever have you. Those are shit-hot videos. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant videos. I just wish I had the the skill sets you do, man. I'm, 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 I'm amazed by that stuff. But it's just it just shows that there's so much passion in the community that people do things like that you know so yeah 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 long live dust all that they, don't, they don't want you to know it's coming to ps4 <laughs> yeah yeah they, they, they don't want me to know about uh many things but i do in my mind my tinfoil hat covered in bacon yes it has the major key bacon is I the do. key to everyone's hearts even if you're a vegan have some bacon you will no longer be this Bless this, this, this vegan thing that afflicts your life <laughs> so what's going to happen is that everyone who plays dust has a ps3 they've purchased a ps4 or you're thinking about purchasing a ps4 hoping to play the port game gets ported to pc they go screw it buy a pc and they go just kidding we're also doing ps4 <laughs> The well, rage that's, will be that's, intense. That's going to happen. That's definitely going to happen. It's, if you it's... if you think about it, if you think about it, the HTC Vive is going to be about six hundred and ninety-seven pounds in the UK. That's about seven hundred pounds. Okay, so a PS4 in the UK is three hundred quid. Okay, a VR headset's going to be three hundred quid. Do I need do, 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 so you know? And if you if if you look back in the in like that was like last week, PlayStation actually announced that. Developers are saying that they get more, I don't know, grunt out of a PS4 than what they do out of a, a GTX 90 or a 980, whatever have you. I don't see how that's possible, but that's what they're saying. Something about pixelation or something. So, you know, <laughs> I, yeah, PS4 turns out to be 60% more efficient at doing VR than a normal PC. I think that's fabrication, but, you know, hey, one of those. Yes, I know. Well, it's it's going to be interesting. That's that's all we can really say at this point. I mean, it's 
you know, obviously the game's going to PC. We'll see what happens from there. But, uh, you know, I, my only hope is that they can produce a really solid shooter set in the EVE universe. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to at the end of the day, is we just want it to be a really solid game that runs well um, and encompasses, you know, all of the uh, the nuances that come with a, a new Eden game. So, you know, I, I, I hopefully they can they can pull it off. I hope they don't get overly ambitious like they did and rush it, like we saw with Dust's horrific launch uh back on you know may 14th and what 2013 or whatever it was just you know i i hope they've learned a lesson which is asking a lot from ccp sometimes but you know we'll see they fired most of the people that were still there so we'll, we'll see how it goes amen to that amen to that believe it or not even socks 4 has been given the boot so, I know. Yeah. Well, no, did he, you even he, know what's up well, with that? Or he, what's going he on? He left, I believe. Um, I don't know the specifics. I just know he's no longer working at CCP as of next month or whatever. Have you. So, as far as I'm gym. aware, Logic Loop, Fox 4, Saberwing, people I actually knew and spoke to are all gone. The only current employee of Dust514 is CCP Frame. The only one. <laughs> Think about that for a second. So, um, just a moment here. Hold on. Because... Um, yeah, I I heard there was something. I I didn't think he was um he was axed. Um, I, no, I just heard a mention of this this weekend. He, I think he's leaving to go to that studio that all the other C uh that the other CCP um not riot. Not, he's not going to riot. No, no, not riot. <laughs> um, there was a. I, hold on, let me find the fucking article. It was Soul. It's Some studio that there's a VR former... studio in Iceland. Um, yeah, that, it's, that, it's, uh, that has uh, a bunch of former. Yeah, there. There's a bunch of former CCP devs there, um, and Scarpia, which is one of the, the um, devs, is has already taken up a position there. Um, and then, yeah, so they, the Deuterbium, which is another uh, Dust game designer, and Fox4 are all listed as leaving, according to uh, TMC. That's your name of an element, that. Isibium, whatever you pronounce it. There's also another one, uh, Skankium or some nonsense, that's also getting... Axed and he's leaving or something. Yeah, that's another element. Yep. Yeah, I forget the other ones. The only one I know I knew um, was was uh, Fox Four. I didn't recognize the other two that were were also leaving at the same time. I assume they were just Eve devs, right? I think so. Okay. Well, yeah. So yeah, no no idea why they're leaving or if they're doing so on their own free will or or whatever. But yeah, they're they're definitely going, which is a real shame because you know Fox Four obviously worked on on Dust initially and then moved to Eve and now he's gone. So or leaving soon at least. He was big for the third party development team too. You could you could work some wizardry there. Oh yeah, like that uh, that Neocom app I've got on my Vita. I love that thing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But um, yeah, so Fox Four was the kind of the, the Crest API developer um, for a long time. So, man, yeah, no, it's it's we'll see, you know, where it goes. I have no idea how big of a team is is pushing this new game or who's involved, other than you know, Ritati, obviously, and Frame and Rouge, but. You know, Shanghai has kind of been an enigma in terms of what's going on there, aside from you know Gunjack. But you know, we'll we'll see. I, hopefully, we can get some new information soon. I, I would like to get something before FanFest, hopefully, which is I think April twenty first. But you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, CCP hasn't been exactly necessarily forthcoming, but you know, hopefully, we can see something from them in the near future. I just want to know what goes on in Shanghai in the office. They're like, what the fuck do they do? Well, that's that's what I was. Kind of wondering. I mean, I know they do other things besides dust, right? 
but Gunjack, there's no way that took a ton of people to make. Like it's a it's a neat little phone game, but it's not anything huge. Like you could probably do that with a pretty small team. It, it wasn't a massive game. It was just a neat experiment in VR. So I don't know how big that studio is or what they do there, but it's it's just very weird. I mean, I know the new game's been under development for a little bit, but it's still in early stages, so I can't imagine they've been doing that the whole time. Otherwise, you know, if they started two years ago, they'd be, you know, half done with it by now, and that's obviously not the case. So, um, I, I've, I've just been looking really quick at this, um, Sulfar Studios or whatever, and it, it is kind of funny that when you go to their About page for the founders, it is all CCP, and it's just CCP, CCP, CCP. <laughs> Um, the former lead game designer of EVE, the former global creative director for CCP, and the former VP of business development at CCP are the founders of that, which is it's kind of funny. I don't, what does Hilmar think? He, he, his VR people are leaving! Now, is that made up of just VR people, or does that include well, the devs that were working on Dust that were canned after FanFest? I mean, from, from what it looks like, all these are Iceland devs, so not like CCP's VR team. Okay. Um, it's just kind of a joke because you know Hilmar and his VR thing. Um, what? And, and he, now he's... he has no interest in VR. What are you yeah. talking about? And then, and then now you've got devs like leaving CCP Iceland to do, uh, you know, to do VR, but not at CCP. Well, I mean, <laughs> we obviously don't know the inner workings, but you know, you can tell there's obviously some conflict going on internally at that company. I think the political climate inside is is probably a little frustrating for some because it is for people on the outside as well. A lot of CCP's VR talent is in CCP Newcastle, which is about five miles from where I live, so think about that. Yes, they know us, because you're constantly licking the windows, right? <laughs> Correct! I'm the one knocking on the door going, hello! <laughs> Leaving bacon sandwiches on the doorstep, with a postcard saying, hello, that's me, bro. After six months, I'm like, fine, just fucking let him in so he goes away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you'd think they would, eh? you think they would. <laughs> The cost to fix the wind to clean the windows is just way too high. We got to get rid of it, dude. I've been licking their windows clean for a couple of months now, dude. They don't need a window cleaner. <laughs> like a cat leaving gifts on the doorstep. There's just these half-empty bottles of beer and half-eaten sandwiches of bacon. <laughs> exactly that. Empty beer cans and and chewed-up bacon sandwiches. Yep, on their doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> you make me laugh. I'm coughing, um, but yeah, no, it's they're certainly spreading out. Um, their VR is obviously a big, heavy topic. Uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how well uh, Valkyrie pans out. I'm I'm on the Valkyrie forums. I don't have a, a VR headset or play Valkyrie, obviously, but uh, yeah, I've been kind of tracking some of that. And mostly people complaining about something being overpowered, and then they fix it, and something else is overpowered. And I, I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but it's, you know, it's, it's kind of typical dust form stuff. It's just on a different, nicer form. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. Sorry, sorry. Carry on. I was going to no, jump no, in No, no, go, well. go ahead, go ahead. Well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, tinfoil around that sort of thing. A lot of tinfoil I've created. I really do think they're going to be shit-canning Shanghai all together and then moving Newcastle and Shanghai all into London. Because a few reasons. Hilmar, the ginger ninja, is moving to London for an advertising office or whatever in London. Now, I don't see why there should be two offices in the UK. It should just be one. So I reckon they're all going to move it down to London, including also all their VR work, including Valkyrie and Shanghai is going to be down there. I reckon that's what's going to happen. They, Hilmar, they recently yes, hired someone there, didn't they? Or they, they bought a property? I forget what it was. Something happened. It's, it's something to do with marketing. Something to do with marketing. Okay, that's right. 
Okay, well, is there any other uh, comments on the dust topic anyone wanted to, to hit on quick? Dust is dead. Let it die. Good God. Well, according to poking around it, uh, Aquahead's Instagram page and CCP Shanghai looks bigger than I expected. I'm counting at least like 19 people. Well, it's a um, so. it's like a three story building. They have, I mean, they have a lot is going it? on there. Wow. Um, it's, I mean, bear in mind, it runs. They run um, uh, Serenity, which is Eve's uh, Eve China server out of there, and then oh, they, so have, they um, have all of their their game development Eve. there for for various projects. And, oh, so yeah. they have Eve devs there too. It's probably more. I think it's probably more like well, some, not Eve devs, but yeah. people who can fuck around with the server if it goes bad. Interesting. Yeah, I think okay, they probably okay. got some live ops there for for the, the China server, and um, okay. I, I assume probably the localization people that do the, the Eve China localization. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, hmm. why do they need three stories though? It's a big building. Lots of well, I mean, three stories doesn't mean I, much. I, depends yeah. on how big the footprint is. Yeah, but I, I mean, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly how many people are there, but hmm. from my understanding, it's, it's decent. Not not tiny. I mean, you know, jokes about there being two people working on dust aside. Um, <laughs> you know. Yep, yep. Uh Jade, I know that you mentioned to me, uh, when we were getting you on the show that you are running some dust events uh in the, the next coming months. Did you want to talk about that a bit? Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well I know like uh I agree with Bam um with what he was saying earlier. Um that dust is dead and I agree with that, um, totally. Um going back i mean like don't get me wrong i only come back uh maybe a couple of weeks ago literally a few days before they announced dust dead i thought i'd give it another go see how things have changed and everything a few days later they killed dust which i'm fine with i have like to <laughs> kind of justify it doesn't justify in a way but i have that type of personality it's really strange where i get hooked into these free-to-play games um same world of tanks i played world of tanks during my break off dust and i can't help it with the the pay side of things i just do it it's it's such a strange habit um i don't with training and stuff i don't tend to drink or do all that sort of stuff so i don't drink alcohol and everything like that. so i treat myself to uh video side of things but i kind of lose control a bit with my money ways so I, t- especially with all the Quave dust brought, I brought an absolute shit ton of Quave um, boxes when they released the Quave weapons and stuff. I kind of went a bit crazy with the keys trying to get all the Quave weapons. Um, so in that aspect, yeah, I kind of lose a bit of control with the money aspect. But like to justify in a way, I don't regret a single penny really being put into that game because I enjoyed every single moment of it. And that's why I was talking to a lot of my friends. That's why I still play the game, is a lot of the people that I've played with over the years still play it. So we were... I was talking to Dareth, and I was talking to a lot of players that I still play with, and we were all having a chat with that. The idea of... On the forums, you see a lot of um, players thrown around, including myself sometimes, especially in the war room, the best players in the game. Now, given that a lot of the veterans that I used to know and many of you know from like uh, OH and STB and all those guys back then and Ancient Exiles, a lot of them don't play the game anymore. However, I thought like it would be fun, especially if the YouTubers, some of the YouTubers to take part and to just be part of it, 
to make like some kind of sports aspect of it where the idea of 1v1 fights and st- certain things like a tournament type thing so going through stages and stuff and then the winner at the end gets like um in the class for example for the sentinels like donated alex hmg's gas and hmg's archdukes and esk and stuff for um the heavy suits um so we were, I was going on the forums myself, made like a, an absolute shit ton of tournament ideas, scout, assault, dropship, tank, 4v4, 2v2s, that sort of stuff. Um, certain ones took off, certain didn't, like scouts didn't at all, which I don't blame it, I don't like scouts in general anyway. But the sentinel one took off, and the dropship one took off as well, so... Um, yeah, so at the moment, currently, I'm organizing uh, a Sentinel tournament and also a dropship tournament. So I sent a ticket to Archduke because I saw he responded about being able to make private games to one of these Quaif, this Quaif event that's turning up. So I sent him a message to see whether or not he could actually create some sort of um, a private match where I can set up these tournaments. Waiting on it, but not got massive hopes, and so I'm gonna have to try and do it through PCs. But yeah, I thought why not give it like a final memory in a sense to the end of dust, to have a laugh with uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that. I thought why not? I think that's fantastic. Um, can people still sign up for these tournaments? Yeah, I mean, I'm well, given that with my life and everything, I don't have massive tons of time. Um, whenever I go on the forums and stuff, I take note of people who comment on the post or if they mention something or they say their names, I try and write it down. So I have it all noted down in a sense. Um, even if I don't update it, people were questioning on the forum page the other day saying that they've already wrote down, but I hadn't updated it. But yeah, if you, if anyone does, the, yeah, they can feel free because I haven't finished it yet. I want to get more numbers. I don't want it to be that moment where the Sentinel tournament starts and then I have a few Sentinels pop up saying, hey, can we join the tournament? <laughs> if it goes through right. like, the first stages. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of being patient with it. I know a lot of the players are like, let's get a move on with it. Let's get it going. But, yeah, the, I think the big one is going to be the dropship one. I see a lot of um, good dropship pilots like Dareth. I know Parfox is going to be taking part. Another one like Richard. Um I've visited, I've seen him play as a dropship pilot. It's amazing, and there is a, well that I've seen a lot of higher skin take as well. So a lot of people like I know Dareth's part in. I think it's about fifty to sixty mil isk into the pot hit just by himself. So and yeah, if it gets ahead, um, they're also talking about bettings. So people put in isk bets on which person they feel is going to win the 1v1 um also what i'd like to do is um <clears throat> when you see well uh, a lot of these commentaries now in sports you have the commentators and special guests and stuff we are thinking more of the lines of the idea of uh like in a sense like a podcast in a way um where you have people new people on the show and stuff like that i thought of um myself seeing as i'm the organizer but also youtuber to be part of the like the commentary box so to commentate on the actual 1v1 itself while having a laugh and enjoying it 
making some fun about it and um, getting some YouTube videos up and just thought, why not? That actually sounds like it'd be really interesting. I may have to get yeah. in on some of this. At least the commentary side, that fucking awful with dust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, um, the dropship side of it. I mean, I, a lot of people are saying, nah, I'm not very good at it. And I was like, well, I'm going to apply for the dropship one. I've only <laughs> recently just skilled into pilots. And I'm horrendous. I'm I, I, I'm, I'm good with a heavy suit. Don't I? I love heavies. Um, but the idea. Well, I mean, I'm getting. That's the thing. That's the only thing I'm trying, is to try and balance it to where it's fun. I know a lot of people were bitching on the uh, assault one was because I was saying stuff like, no, um, too many like it's only a maximum amount of uh, jump mods, because. <laughs> Because I don't want a 1v1 of two men assaults jumping around with mass drivers trying to kill each other. So, uh, to ruin the fun for everyone. But um, I think what I did with the heavy one was, um, I said, uh, quite strange, but I said no sidearms. Simply because um, I know, for one, a bolt pistol, a Kelkyo bolt pistol at range. Um, If the heavy's trying to gain close with um, the HMG... You can just pop off the frickin' Sentinel with the bolt pistol. You put three, five, uh, four damage mods on a Caldari uh, Sentinel, stand far back, and just bolt pistol them all day long. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that. I want it to be um, tactical in a sense. So I want flux grenades. I want core grenades because a flux grenade is so OP against Caldaris that I want um, the Amar Sentinel to have something to the fear as well. So core grenades definitely. But, yeah, I don't want um, to take away... I want to take away, sorry, the sidearm factor. I want it to be like a a test of HMGs. I would love to include forge guns. I'm not too sure on it yet. I mean, personally, I absolutely enjoy forge guns because um, the idea of a heavy coming around the corner and you're just charging there, sitting, waiting with the Keokio or something, I think that's a brilliant idea. But, you know, it just seems how it sees how the uh, plays itself when the tournament's decided what they feel about the forge gun idea. That scares the fuck out of me as a Lodgy. Walking around the corner and then getting blapped by a piece of fucking energy or whatever from two meters away. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, it, it's... It, I've... Um, I was playing... A, this is why I'm enjoying it in a sense, because there is... You get a few play, people on the game at the moment who are... Um, Still haven't learnt the lessons of dust. They're not enjoying it yet. They're like sitting back. Um, I saw today um, a Mar assault with a Mimitar Logi sitting back in the mountains with a Victor's laser rifle. Every time someone <laughs> pushed forward, he would just move back. Went the whole game and never died once. And um, we didn't get it. We didn't get it because we we're just like, you know, the game's dying. Someone who cares that much about KDR still is a bit baffling. But. So a lot of people I know um, are enjoying the game. Like, they're messing about with it, in a sense. So I was playing yesterday, I think it was, and ran around a corner, ran into a bunker room t- on a skirmish map, ran inside it, and as soon as I flew around the corner, there's a Mimitar Sentinel with a charged-up forge gun. He just fires it in my <laughs> face, and I just <laughs> drop to the ground. What the fuck? And I just think to myself, like, yeah, exactly. That's all I was like. I was like... Like fucking hell! Like, <laughs> just the idea of um, you wouldn't get that. That's why I love it. You wouldn't get that in any other game. 
you go into any other type of game and you you just try to enjoy it. That's and I think I'm enjoying it more now because I'm playing more as a logi. I know that's a bit strange, but I've been a sentinel maybe ninety percent of the game. Never really looked at the logi's point of view of things, and I'm freaking terrified. I am honestly terrified Yeah. in games at the moment. I was um. I'll be running with some assaults because there's not really heavies. I don't notice many heavies anymore. So I'm running around chasing assaults and I'm I'm freaking shouting at them like, turn around, they're behind me. They're and I'm jumping around like a lunatic, repping them. And I think it's, I am, I'm having so much fun with the game now. Um, even though, yeah, I've heard in some of the podcasts in the past that people are struggling to get in games. And I mean, sometimes you can be sitting there for 10 minutes 10 20 minutes just trying to get into one game or something but i think community wise i mean i wouldn't change it i i absolutely love all of the people i play with and that's going back to what bam was saying when bam was going on about um what is it people are mad and stuff like that and and you were saying it as well and you knew this game was you knew this day was coming i think it's i see it more as in i knew the day was coming You kind of go in denial because you're enjoying all the stuff that's happening with the game, the new input they're adding, the, the odd bits and bobs. Um, but it's the aspect that I feel that I don't know. You you have that little bit of doubt that when the game dies, how your connections with all of your members you play with carries on. Um, like, I mean, I've got... God, you can have hundreds of people on this game that you actually socialize with. And there's no way you will keep socializing with those hundreds of people in the future. Um, which, to me, that's one of the things that saddens me, the idea of this game dying, is the fact that there will be players that you know you won't speak to again. And that's probably what I find. So that's why, once again, going back, and I'll stop talking now, is um, that's why I want to bring the tournament. It's like that little memory that you have, like when you're sitting there waiting... or doing nothing or something like that and you think to yourself like you know i do miss dust a bit you can just mess about and have a laugh and or with your friends in the future and say can you remember that time we did that freaking stupid tournament and just go in the video and just see you know, how daft it was or something so yeah that's my general thing yeah I think you're absolutely spot on and, and you're you're right that the community is certainly what makes dust unique and I mean that's that's certainly a big thing to that I, I'm personally concerned about is you know once the, the game does shut down on the 30th is there going to be a forum or some other venue for people to keep talking you know because I think that's that's really huge it's one of the things that makes dust unique so I applaud people like you that are uh, putting together player run stuff that's that's actually going to kind of last you know it, it can be something they can talk about and laugh about for all the crazy stupid shit we do in this game even if it does have its issues there is uh, countless very enjoyable moments so it's good to see that that's uh certainly not you know the, the desire to make that happen isn't dead yet so I'm, I'm very glad to see that you're doing something like that uh are the forums the best place to get information on this Um, currently, yeah. I mean, the forums is probably the best spot. Um, I'm on the, well, I'm on the forums quite a bit, in a sense. Uh, I browse through stuff, hoping to find out some inf more information about the new dust. But, um, you can, in some of the channels on, uh, dust itself, if you do go on dust or something like that. I don't have, I personally am not involved in any of the Skype groups. Um, <clears throat> I'm on Discord. 
I'm on Discord in the main Dust channel. So, I mean, if anyone feels free to ask about it, they they can. That's not an issue at all. Um, but the forums is probably your best your best bet at it, or just message the corporation I'm in. Um, everybody knows about the event in the corporation, so you can do that as well. What's your corporation name again? Uh, Vengeance Unbound. Okay, excellent. Uh, and do you have a Twitter or anything you use, or is it just best to get you in-game or on the forums? Um, forums, no doubt. Um, in-game, if you wish, as well. I'm on there, well, I try and get on there at the moment about maybe an hour or so a uh, day, because I'm trying to, uh, in a sense, have a last um, goodbye on the, uh, on the Vengeance Unbound Corporation. It's... Uh, it was an old corp that we had. We built after FanFest, and we started facing like the likes of FA and Nine San and stuff. So we had a big bash face in General So's alliance with it, and we're building it back up again just for the final months to have a well. PC's gone quiet in a way, so we're gonna try and destroy PC for a bit, have a laugh with it. Um, so yeah, I'm on there quite a bit at the moment, trying to recruit and etc. So if people want to in-game me, they can definitely. I'm on there all the time. Fantastic. Okay, thanks, man, for uh, for telling us about that. I think it's it's really good stuff. Was there anything else anyone else wanted to touch on before we start moving into shout-outs here? Alrighty, then. I guess we'll go into shout-outs. Uh, we'll start at, uh, I guess, the bottom of the list with uh, Jadik Menaheim. Do you have any shout-outs, man? I'd like to give my shout-out to the super hot dev team. Um, Really, really enjoyed uh, playing through what I've done so far, and I'm gonna probably dive in again after the podcast. Awesome! All right, Jade. Uh, shout out to my uh, corporation and all the players I play with still on Dust. Um, hopefully, we'll get a good game out of it in the end. Um, shout out to all you guys for letting me uh, come on the show and give my uh, rant and speech. Thanks. Very glad to have you. You're always welcome to come back as well, as well as anyone else who uh, is interested in, in hopping on and saying their bit. You know, it's that's what this is for. It's not just for us. It's for uh, the community and the people that are interested in having their voice heard. So we appreciate you coming on. All right. Bantam Havoc. What's up, man? Hi, dude. My shout-out goes to beer. Another one goes to bacon. The other one goes to beer and bacon combination. Those are my shout-outs, really. And, uh, yeah, that's really it. Cheers. Thank you. Love you. <laughs> awesome and bait uh yeah i'd like to give my shout out to the the people who still play dust and uh support that game for for what's left keep doing that man um i'd like to give a shout out to my corporation incorruptibles had some good shenanigans earlier today with um uh it's uh like a photo painting app i think it was um Jadik, do you remember the name of that that was a dreamscope app and yeah. what it, it's a um, continuation of Google's Deep Dream software. So it um, uses um, complex, like recursive algorithms to have a computer uh, look at separate pictures and then combine elements within those pretty much seamlessly. So you can have a, it can like look at a Picasso, study the style, and then apply that style to a separate picture entirely. Pretty badass. Um, go to your app store, whether on your phone or uh, I'm maybe on the computer. I'm not sure. Uh, download that shit. Mess around with it. Really fun. And my last shout out is going to go to uh, my new corporation and alliance in Eve, Dirt and Glitter, and Tard. Love you guys. Uh, Marfaction Warfare fleets are fun as shit. Thank you very much. 
Fantastic. Ansel? Let me give my shout-out to uh, quite, a, quite a large group of goons that I hung out with uh, this weekend. Um, went back to the uh, Goon Pup in Wisconsin. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, all those guys were really cool. All right. And uh, I guess I'll give my shout out to people like Jade and other members of the community who are, you know, making the best of the, the shutdown for Dust and, and trying to have a good last hurrah. I see a lot of things popping up on the forums and people organizing things. And I think that's, you know, absolutely fantastic. It's it's a shitty situation for a lot of people, um, well, for most people, but for especially for those who are, you know, not planning on moving to PC. And it's, it's good to see that they can, you know, uh, approach the situation with with a lot of class and uh, make something really good out of it, even though things aren't really going their way. And I think that it's it's despite all the toxicity you see in the the community, it's it's really great to see people actually kind of coming together and and making something really great that's that's gonna you know be a proper send off for the game. So I appreciate you guys. And uh, I if you ever need help, just let me know. I my time can be kind of limited, but you know I I do try to help out where I can. So. Uh, with that said, guys, I think we are going to call Biomast episode 94 to a close. And so uh, thank you and have a good night.